0: Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. This is Pastor Castle and we're going to begin a new steer- series, a, s- a short study uh, over the next several broadcasts on uh, the words that define our salvation. The words that define our salvation. Now, I don't know about you, but when I got saved, there were things that I that happened to me that are a part of my salvation that I did not know about, that I did not understand, that I did not recognize until honestly sometime in, in some some of these words, some of these terms, even years after I was saved. You know, when when you get saved, this is what you know. You know you're lost. You, you know that you're a sinner. You know that there is a price for your sin, that the wages of sin is death, that we have fallen under the condemnation uh, of our sins. We know that we're going to i spend eternity, hopelessly, eternally separated from Christ in a place called hell. And I knew that Jesus Christ was the only begotten Son of God who came into this world to do for me what I could not do for myself, that God became a man without ever ceasing to be God, lived a sinless life, and offered himself as a sacrifice for my sins on the cross of Calvary. He died and shed his blood, rose from the dead, and placed his blood on the mercy seat for me in heaven. I knew that Jesus died for me, and I knew that, that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I, I knew enough to confess that I was a terrible sinner, that God was a loving and a wise and a wonderful Savior, and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and save me, and he did. By the way, that's you don't have to know much, but you got to know that, And but there were other things that happened, and you know what? Once you get saved, sometimes there's there's a lot of Bad teaching, bad doctrine, bad discipleship out there. And there are words, biblical terms, that are associated with our salvation that we um, often become misrepresented, misunderstood, or the devil uses them uh, to teach false doctrine and corrupt the knowledge that we have. And so I think that uh, there are some things that we can learn that will be a help to us about the terms that are associated that we might grow in in the grace that has been given to us and that we might rightly divide the word of truth i'm going to be very transparent with you i'm I'm not teaching there's no new original material here Um, this is all bible material and i'm teaching it to you as i was taught i was largely influenced by certain men and certain authors and uh, i'll refer to them uh, without apology and and Uh, uh, have some things that help me. I'm giving you the things that I learned from my teachers that helped me in hopes that it will help you. Because we certainly live in a time where there are certain words associated with our salvation that are being abused. And uh, let me be honest, they've always been abused. But every now and then, it seems like there's a reviving in um, certain heresies, revolving certain biblical terms, such as the terms election, and predestination and we hear the term calvinism let me just be help you with something very simple if it's a bible term it's not it's not it's a bible term it's not named after a man any any teaching associated with a single individual is all is exclusively a heresy calvinism's heresy now predestination and election are biblical terms but uh, they must be again defined by the Bible, not by a man, not by a dogma. And again, let me just say this: those two terms are related to each other, but they but they are com- distinctly different, completely different. Um, they're they're not the same. They're like a they're like a pair of cousins. They're related, but they can never be married. You can't join them together. And. The problem is, is that we uh, have ceased to let the Bible define certain terms like that. And those are two terms that we're going to look at. We're going to look at some words like, like election and predestination and regeneration and justification and substitution. Some of the wonderful, wonderful words of salvation, uh, that atonement that we're going to look at over the next uh, several broadcasts that hopefully will be a help to us. And you, and when you think about salvation, if you were to ask somebody, what is salvation? Describe it. How would you do that? What words would you use? What biblical terms would you use? How would you let the Bible define those words? And at the same time, can you articulate it in Convey it in in a simple manner where anybody could understand salvation. That's what the Bible's for. That's why the Bible's going to be our teacher. You know, uh, there was one one, uh, preacher of days gone by, Dr. Lehman Strauss, that uh, he was saved in 1927, so nearly 100 years ago. Of course, he's been in heaven for many years, obviously. And the person that went into Christ gave him his first Bible. And when they gave him the Bible, they made this statement to him. He said, once you get to know the author of the book, you will learn to appreciate its message. You know what? The, the goal here is that Jesus Christ saved us, and we are to, to get to know him and then to make him known. And to do that, we have to know his word if we'll know him and the words that are associated with our salvation. Now, look, if you used to go to Bible college, you would spend um, uh, uh, one to two years learning Uh, classes on Bible doctrines taking classes on Bible doctrines you would take a Bible doctrines class if you had any advanced education you would take things like systematic theology and you would take you would learn all the ologies ology is it's it's a Latin term Uh, you would learn about soteriology that's Latin for the doctrine or the teaching that's all it means of salvation you would learn about uh, pneumatology uh, which is the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Pneuma is spirit, so it's the teachings of the Spirit. You would learn about hamartiology. Uh, Hamartia is the doctrine of sin. That's the They would uh, they would take a Greek word or a Latin word and put it with analogy. And uh, there's the doctrine of eschatology, of last things, the second coming of Christ. There are, all, I believe, 17 major do- Bible doctrines, uh, give or take, depending on who you want to fuss with. But you would spend... Nearly an entire semester, not studying angelology or all the other ologies, but n- nearly an entire semester studying the doctrine of salvation. Now, the word salvation, whether we're speaking about our salvation as in our salvation from sin and the receiving the gift of eternal life or um saving anything, saving money in the bank, or saving uh, uh, something, That uh, that you are trying to preserve or trying to keep, uh, it just simply means to rescue or to salvage. Think about as a ship and its cargo. I understand we don't uh, we still ship things by uh, by um, by that means around the world. Actually, quite a bit, but it's not like it was as in years past where you didn't have anything without a ship. In fact, it probably still is more than we realize. We're just not always conscious and aware of it. But, you know, a ship is sinking, but you want to save that ship, and you want to save its cargo. Um, a burning house, you know. Uh, there, we had a, um, i have had several families in our churches that have had houses or bur- businesses burned to the ground. We had a, a, a garage, a, a large building in our home. We don't have an attic or a basement, so— all the Christmas things and the childhood memories and tools and cars and, and things like that are um, things that you would maybe didn't have room for in the house. We, we, we experienced some loss with the fire uh, some years ago, and, and you're trying to save, you're trying to deliver. When I was growing up as a boy, uh, our house caught on fire. Uh, and it was an electrical fire, it didn't uh, burn the house down, it came close, but I remember all of us. Um, everybody grabbing something and running out of the house. We tried to save what we could. You know, now, as kids were small. Uh, I don't remember us grabbing anything, but I, I remember my mom grabbing her rocking chair uh, that, that uh, she had just been uh, given to her from, from dad. And we, we, weren't, able to, uh, we had, weren't able to grab much, but the fire department got there quick. Of course, we lived in a large city. They arrived quickly, and we were pretty much, I don't remember us losing really anything, honestly. Uh, but, but we, we want to save something. You know, God's trying to save something. He was trying to save mankind. And so the very first time, the Bible uses a law called the law of the first mention. So the first time a word is used, that is the foundation for what it means and everything else that comes after that builds upon that foundation. So if we want to know what salvation really is, we need to let God define it. We need to let the the Bible define uh, Teach us what is salvation, and the first time you find salvation is in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, when the children of Israel are have fled from Egypt. Their back is against the wall with the Red Sea. There is uh, God is standing between them with that pillar of cloud. Pharaoh's armies are hot pursuit and Moses said unto the people in Exodus chapter 14 and, and verse 13 uh, fear ye not stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he shall show you today and so they we know that they uh, there that Moses stretched out his hand over the sea The Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind. All that night made the the sea dry land. The waters were divided. The children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. And as the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on their left, the Egyptians pursued and went after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass in the morning, Watch that the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians to the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. And, you know, he took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily, so that the Egyptians said, "Let us flee from the face of the Lord." Remember, all the, the, their chariots fell apart in the midst of the sea. And then, what did God do? He told Moses to stretch out his hand over the sea, and the waters came and destroyed Pharaoh and or destroyed the Egyptians and their horsemen and their armies. And it says, "The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after, Remains not so much as one of them." And then it says this in verse 30, thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. God rescued his people. He delivered them. So salvation, it's important. If we're going to study the terms and the words of salvation, we have to study salvation itself. Salvation means to rescue or to be delivered. What a wonderful word. What a wonderful term. If you're saved, you have been rescued. You have been delivered from the penalty of your sins. That's something to rejoice over today and don't, and something for us to remember. You remember that? You always you'll always have a reason to rejoice and to give the Lord thanks on a daily basis. May the Lord bless you till our time tomorrow. No longer a pauper in rags of poverty. You've been enjoying the program from the poor house to the palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archived broadcasts of this radio program are available at wytjradio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search From the Poor House to the Palace.